You are listening to Cairo Social Tech Raw with Nicole Cowley and Tristan Schaub. This podcast delivers this duo's combined experience and continued passion for social media and online marketing tools. Use this weekly content to take your business to the next level and grow at exponential rates. Let's dive into the Facebook Live Replay podcast. Here is your host from the Cairo Social Tech Studios, Nicole Cowley. All right, take three, everybody, for our special interview guest. This is very special. We're going to see if fate, you know, if this is in the works to happen for us today or not. Don McDonald, for like the last time, <laughs> please share with us. The world wants to know who you are, I promise. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm a, a chiropractor in Alberta, Canada, and my whole story started playing basketball in high school, and I had chronic tendonitis in my knees. And I'd spent four years trying to do anything I could just to play at a higher level because, um, you know, it was pretty frustrating for me, always firing at like 70% all the time. And uh, saw a chiropractor. Within a year, I had exercise-induced asthma that improved, uh, concentration improved, my knees got better. Uh, a bunch of stuff happened. And after that one year, I decided that's it. I want to be a chiropractor. And then seven years later, boom, I'm a chiropractor. And now I've just been in practice for 20 years up in Alberta, wow. Canada. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, up in the freezing cold, as we were just complaining before we got cut off how the cold was so bad this week. <laughs> yeah, that's, all the, that's all the first viewers heard. Congratulations, 20 years. Um, that's amazing um, to do anything, to do the same thing, you know, for 20 years. And then just to even imagine to sit back and consider the impact that you've had, which is really what I want to dive into um, with you in this episode. So um, have you been to Alberta? Have you been in the same office for 20 years? Um, well, I, I started in practice with my sister, and we had a little tiny, a little tiny thousand square foot office. Then we moved to a big, huge twenty seven hundred square foot office, um, and then um, then I had Brandy come in and started working in the office. And then uh, then we wanted to have our own place, so then we opened up our own office. So we've been in uh, just our own office now. Actually, just two weeks ago, it's our nine years in 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 our own in our own office. So. Um, we had our little anniversary a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Very awesome. So at what point in practice, and this partially I'm sure is always instilled in you and been a part of it, but at what point in your busy practice, because I'm sure, you know, you're, you're very, every doctor, business owner of any sort is very busy, let alone one that's actually, you know, seeing their patients all day, every day as a part of it. Um, at what point did you really start giving back to chiropractic and maybe going out to some of the events and I know um, start speaking and doing some of these other things that you've um, brought on? Um, well, I started actually started earlier. And uh, part of my story is that I love chiropractic so much that I, I tried to get involved and help out chiropractic before I even got my practice going very well. So I kind of I floundered for the first five to seven years in practice and was really plateaued out and wasn't really living up to my potential in practice. But yet I was president of the Edmonton Chiropractic Society. And I was like, but I was always like that. So on my hockey team at Palmer, I was the, uh, you know, the vice president. I was vice president of the Canadian club when we were at Palmer. So I always like to be involved in those kind of things. But uh, I kind of jumped the gun a bit where I actually got involved. And that's why I always tell young, young chiropractors, there's been a few that have been out that right when they graduate, they're like, I want to get involved politically. And I'm like, we got to first, you got to. You got to fill up your own cup first and then and then you're a lot better equipped to to help others so i kind of like helped out chiropractors first then i went back and like grew a great practice and then i still help chiropractors along the way with putting more seminars on and stuff like that but uh but yeah it was right pretty close from the beginning i probably wasn't involved in the profession only for about maybe the first three or four years that i was in practice okay okay awesome i love that because i think it is i think for 
I'm reading this book. Have you ever read the book Grit or heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. So I'm only two chapters in, so I can't share too much yet, but yeah. I think that's, you know, a big teller and a big difference you see just in some people that are out there and doing all of these amazing things. And I think there's some people that look at that and they just go, and this is why I'm asking you these questions in this order. And they just go like, where do they find the time? Like, how do they do this? So I wanted to ask you in that, you know, how did you find a way to be able to manage a successful practice and be able to give back? And then we're going to jump into what you're doing now, which is the podcast and being an author, which that is, I mean, a book's been on my list for two and a half years. And I have a lot more time than you. I can guarantee that. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? The, I, actually, I didn't manage it very well at first because um, my technique for making more impact was just adding more things. Okay. <laughs> so. So, you know, like I always played sports. So, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a, a young, young grad out there practicing in the first five years, like, you know, I had a, yeah, I had a social life. I had uh, where we went out on the weekends and met lots of people and had lots of friends. I played basketball. I played hockey. So I had like already all my social stuff that I always had from when I was in college. Mm -hmm. and, and then as I grew my practice, then I start, you know, now I got practice. So I added practice in there. And then it became Edmonton, the president of the Society. So then I added that in there. And and then what happened was I kind of I got I got overloaded because I just kept adding things. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that you actually have to subtract things because <laughs> you can't just keep adding things all the time because there's only so much time you have in a day. And um, and then also, too, if you have a, a lower volume chiropractic office where you're not seeing that many people, you, you still feel kind of mentally exhausted because you'd like to be, you'd like, you'd like your day to go faster, but right. physically it's not very demanding on you. Um, as the practice grows, that becomes more physically demanding on you. And mm -hmm. so um, I had to switch my mindset because chiropractic at first, I guess, was more like, this is my, this is my job and this is my passion, but I didn't know I had to prepare for it. And, and now I treat it like game days. So when I'm going in, it's like a game day. Like when I used to play basketball, like I, I have my pregame virtual, like I make sure I'm going to bed early that night. I'm having a good breakfast. I'm getting there in good time. Like it's game day, but I did have to cut out some of the other stuff I did. Right. I, you know, you can't stay out till midnight on Friday night and, and then come to the practice, like bright and early at eight 15 in the morning and like give her for four hours straight. Like that just, it just doesn't work. So I think, Part of it is actually subtracting things out of the out of your life that you know aren't really part of your purpose. So for me, playing basketball isn't really part of my purpose. It was fun. For me, playing hockey wasn't really part of my purpose, but it was fun. And like going out and you know meeting up friends and and having a couple beers in the night, but maybe getting to bed a little bit late was fun. But it doesn't really help add to my purpose. So I just basically went through and started deleting stuff, and then just adding things that did that did link to my purpose. And, um, and that's how you become more efficient <laughs> or else you, or else you just get stressed out. Well, and here's how, so it's gotta be really difficult because I'm sure even now, I'm sure a lot of opportunities come across. I'm sure there's a lot of things even beyond what you are doing that maybe even you still want to do. And, you know, you were talking about how, you know, being the president of your association and still doing all of those things. How do you take a good look to say, what aligns with my purpose and you know like how do you pick and choose especially when it comes to it's all chiropractic how do you devote your time and you know be able to do that and, and then still there's a lot of people out there who are like okay but i still have to have a life i still have to have a social life i still have to have this decompression time where you know my mind isn't about 
nonstop business and maybe my purpose in general, but just that time to, you know, reflect on it all. So, you know, how do you kind of pick and choose that? Well, what we did and um, is actually a lot of our really good friends are chiropractors, right? Mm -hmm. And so some of the times if I was just doing like social stuff that would be maybe with basketball or hockey or something like that, um, they're kind of acquaintances, but you go out and maybe have beers with them, but you, you, you just talk superficial stuff. We talk about our Edmonton Oilers or we talk about like something that was going on in the news, but it wouldn't be really that deep. Um, so that's what we did. We, we go to a lot of seminars. So what I've done now is if I can mix my social life with my purpose. So I, and then it too, like I have a really good buddy who I try to hang out with at least once a month here in Edmonton um, and go for a beer with and, and kind of hang out. But we're, on the same wavelength mm -hmm. so now i just become more choosy because I, I still yes i do want to have the social life but i still like there's a good point in your life maybe i don't even know when it was but you just get tired of talking about superficial things like you actually want to talk mm -hmm. about something that's cool like you want to talk about something like how how you're going to make it more impact or how you've helped other people or how we're going to help chiropractic or like those things actually to me are more interesting than just kind of like talking about nothingness no, I love that you said that. Um, here locally, uh, I have a friend and, you know, she's always like, why don't you come over for coffee, work from home, you know, you make your own schedule. And there was a consistent time there where she was, you know, getting a hold of me consistently. And I would say I'm working and working. And she'd say, I just saw you, you just went live, you could have just came over. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. These are the conversations. This is how I want to spend my time. I don't just want to necessarily on a nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning, drink coffee and talk aimlessly. So I totally get that. And I love that. <laughs> and it is really about aligning your purpose, um, you know, to the actions and the activities. And they say, you know, the people that you hang around or, you know, the people that you really kind of do are like and become. And so I think that is an awesome uh, point to that. And what I wanted to ask you on that is, you know, within that, how did podcasts come to light? Like, how did podcasts come to fit into that? And um, maybe you're a podcast junkie like me, but this is a good question. So I love podcasts. <laughs> well, you know, you know, and actually it's kind of a funny story because it's first started when I wrote my book. I did it the opposite way that everybody like ideally would do it. So if you're going to write a book, you should you, sh you should. I don't like to you should on people, but. Cause I just got it done, which is great. But ideally what you'd want to do is you want to create a platform first. And then once you create a platform, then you get more questions about what people want. And then as you create your book, you can mold it towards that audience to get your story, but also have an impact. And then when you release the book, you have a big audience to be able to release your book to. Right. And, um, I just want to write a book so bad that I just did the opposite. Um, that I've been putting it off for so long. And you know what, for me, I had to pick what would be easier for me. And what was one was how do you create an audience or writing my book that I've been wanting to do for 15 years? Cause I didn't for 15 years want to create a, a platform like that. Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't even know you needed one. So I, that never even crossed my mind. So I did what I wanted to do first. So I did the, the book first, but in promoting the book, I went to a thing called the national publicity summit in New York. Okay. And for in New York city, you spend four days, um, up in the swanky downtown New York, I, I, I was I was sending selfies of Randy, like I was all dressed up in my suit, and we were just into that uh, show, the suits, suits like the lawyers. Love that, yep, love that. And, show. I, and I was at the uh, like the street vendors, you know, having like a coffee <laughs> and, a, and a sandwich, and I'm like, look at it, I'm like, uh, I'm like Mike Ross or something, like joking <laughs> around. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. But in this, what you do is is you meet about like each each morning and each afternoon, you'd have about 30 or 40 different representatives 
from uh, TV stations, radio stations, all different media, all different podcasts, like all that kind of stuff. They would kind of say what they're looking for. And then we'd spend the rest of the day where we get like three to four minutes to pitch our idea so that we could go on their show to promote our book. And everything, it was just kind of after a while, it just got a little bit annoying because I'm basically you're doing like a dog and pony show trying to say like how good my book is so that I can go on your show so that I can get other people to listen to my, to, to, to get my book. Uh, and then after interviewing some of them, you've realized that they actually, that's how they create their platform. So what you're doing is you're kind of creating their platform and you're hoping mm. someone picks you to be on their platform so that you can get your book across. And, and after just the frustration of doing that, and then I did a probably about 30 to 40 different radio interviews, um, did a couple TV interviews. I was just like, you know what, that's, it's not, it's not really, it, it felt like there was no traction. And I'm like, you know, I should create my own, I should create my own platform. Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing was, I didn't know anything about podcasts. So uh, um, Dr. Ed Osborne asked me to go on his podcast, yeah. um, which is funny because I was like, what is a podcast? I didn't even know what a podcast was. Oh, and, man. And, and so he interviewed me and I was like, cool. And I'm like, what is that, like a radio station or how does that work? And so I, st- I still, but I, I didn't really listen to podcasts at that time. I, I'd watch it on the computer, but I didn't know you could have it hooked up to your phone. Um, and then I bought a new vehicle and I bought a new vehicle and I got it home, paid for the financing, did all that stuff. And I you see behind me, I just have like a wall of about like probably about a thousand uh, audio CD programs. <laughs> I listen stuff on my wall in there, okay. but I listen, I listen to my CD player in my car, like all the time. That was my mm-hmm. seminar in the car. And I get home and I'm like doing this and I'm like looking for the CD player. I'm like, (laughs) what are you talking about? A new car doesn't have a CD player. I was like, what am I going to do? That's all. Like I'd already bought it. So (laughs) I was like, I bought a brand new car and it doesn't have a CD player. So then I had to figure out how to sync my phone to. That's when you realize we really are in a new world, right? Like, yeah. New computers don't have the uh, CD options either. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking underneath the dad. Like I was still like, maybe it's someplace. I'm just not looking. I can't find my CD player. Um, but then I like hooked this up. So the first thing I started to do is listen to audiobooks, And then I started listening to podcasts. And then mm-hmm. it was funny at this publicity summit, I was talking to one of the coaches, they get prepared and they said, well, why don't you just have a podcast? And I was like, that's a really good idea. So then I just spent time researching on how to do it. And, and that was kind of the, the first steps to get my, to get my own podcast. So researching on how to do it, um, I do believe we've talked and you have someone that you outsource some of the um, steps of it to now. But as far as getting your podcast up and going, did you do all of that as far as the hosting, finding a website, getting that connected? No. And that and this is the benefit of this is what this is the beautiful thing about having a very successful practice is you can just pay for it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm. You, you can have time or money, right? And so we were talking about as we start to get busier and we're more involved and we're on the road and we're traveling, um, I have less time, um, but I have more money. So the nice thing is I can delegate that stuff out. So um, as far as our website goes, I had an old website that just needed to be upgraded. So I had, um, it's actually um, uh, Louise Condon and Kamala Chambers. They have a, um, a podcast called thrivinglaunch.com. Okay. And uh, it's called Thriving Launch. And, um, and so I, I'd heard about them. I can't remember where I heard about them, but you know, you kind of, you pick it up from somewhere I was online on, on social media 
and then I talked to Louise a few times and, and talked about the podcast and asked some questions about it. And they helped me out with the website and they helped me out with the thing. And, and so really I, I've got it so delegated that I just, if all I need to do is record my interviews and then I just upload it all to a Google drive and then upload a picture and then that's it. And that's awesome. And I'm done. I love and it. I've, and that's- I've outsourced, uh, like they do everything. So they, they cover everything, which is nice. That is awesome. That is really awesome because I really, really, really push like if the doctor can create the piece of content. So whether that's a live video, write a book, a podcast, um, they they do the talk like they're going to do an event where they're going to do talk or they're going to be the person or, you know, if it's just the doctor leading that main piece of content, you can outsource every other part of it. And you, you name that exactly on the head. You know, you can pay to have that done because your time is so much more valuable to what it could be doing to learn all that test all that because i set my own podcast up and it's not that hard you can learn it all and you can do it all in an evening and on a weekend and what have you but i had to do a lot of testing and trial and error and reading through boards to get you know some of the certain things to just match up right and then there's also the quality piece you know when you're hiring somebody to do it for you you're going to get you know you pay for what you get so obviously um, hopefully you're looking for quality people, but I'm curious, are you using VAs or can you share who you're using to outcast or I'm sorry, outsource it to? It's actually, it's, it's the, the guys at thriving launch. So it's oh, actually it Louise okay. and they outsource it themselves. Right. So it's kind of like, uh, in a way, if you like, they're the private contractor. Okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like if you're building a house and then they have, they have their team that does all the different stuff as far as editing the podcast, uh, writing show notes, doing the, um, social media graphics. And then, and then my focus is just getting good interviews and then sharing them. Like that's, then I can only, I can just focus on promoting it really promoting the show and getting people to listen to it. That is awesome. I love it. So the podcast, um, you have a lot of great interviews on there. I've listened to quite a few of them. I was on there. That's a good podcast. Yes, you were. That was first. I got some great feedback from yours too. Some people over and even in, uh, in London, because the cool thing is we have, we have uh, listeners from all over the world. So I had, uh, I had some people comment how that was so that was gold because they, they're in England. So it's an accent. It's gold. So I love it. (laughs) I'm going to have to take a screenshot of this. I'm going to share it everywhere. You guys are going to get ready to see repurposed content at its best, but, um, What you would ask was, um, I haven't read your book yet. So here's what's weird. I remember buying your book, but I thought maybe it didn't come out yet. And I put it on, I might have put it on a wish list. And I thought, I don't know what I thought I did. So I need to go rebuy it because I've been wondering, like, why hasn't this come in yet? Did I buy the Audible? I thought about the actual book. So I wanted the hard book that, you know, the actual yes. physical copy of it. But tell me, so since I haven't read it yet, um, the interviews are guests that you bring on and they all have their own stories and their own unique backgrounds that they share within that. How do the book and the podcast relate to each other? Give us a little bit insight of what's in the book. Yeah. So the book is basically, it's called the underdog curse. And I kind of term that, that I, I coined that term basically working on my own self for personal development reasons. Okay. And, and kind of in my mind, I always wondered, cause one of my big motivators was like any kind of underdog story. So we're, you know, your, your, the Olympics are on right now. And so like, it's really cool actually watching the Olympics more is even just the stories of the challenges mm-hmm. that people had to go through just to get to the Olympics. Right. Because those stories are super inspiring. Um, we have a, we have a Canadian snowboarder 
who um, basically hit a tree a year ago so bad he fractured like seven of his ribs and and like his leg like he had just a whole bunch oh, of stuff that, that he did uh, ruptured his spleen and he was one year away from the Olympics he had already qualified for the Olympics though but he basically couldn't even move and this whole show shows him going through like from not even being able to walk to just being able not even being able to stretch out and it was basically like it was like a rocky movie because as they're talking he's like now he's walking oh they had to put him in a in a water tank and then blah 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 and all this other stuff because he couldn't even do his activity and then like 10 minutes into the show he's like doing backflips and doing squats and jump squats and like it's just crazy just to see him recover right, right. so Hey everybody, it's Nicole here. I want to thank you again so much for listening to the Cairo Social Tech Raw podcast slash Facebook live show. Please do connect with us on your favorite social media platform by searching Cairo Social Tech or for Tristan, Cairo Sushi. We would absolutely love to hear from you. I also wanted to take a quick moment to give a big shout out to two companies who we love and support immensely because they support the chiropractic profession so much. The first, Vitalogics EHR, is the only chiropractic cloud software out there that is connected to a robust automated marketing system. It can greatly take your whole practice from operation to communication into the 21st century. An advocate listener of the show is Bolt Tape CEO, Dr. Dean Clark. Bolt Tape is a revolutionized kinesiology tape that applies an Arnica natural-based oil and energy onto the tape that gives incredible results. So I actually personally use the tape for the joint pain that's created by my lupus about five times a week. I wouldn't be able to do this work without it. Check out our supporters in more detail at vitalogics.com and bolttape.com. Mention this show, Cairo Social Tech Raw, for a special offer with either of them. I love those. Those are super inspiring. And and I used those. So when I play basketball, I always like to play with people who are better than me. I like to surround myself with people that are better than me. But the challenge was I almost became addicted to being an underdog because when I started to hit success in my practice or in my life or even in basketball, um, I never I didn't feel comfortable to be expected to be good. I wanted to surprise everybody and go, ah, I'm good, but but I don't want to already be good and then just have to be consistent and be good on a regular basis. So I called it the underdog curse because I found in my life I would, I would sabotage myself to go back to be an underdog so that I could claw my way back up to success again. Um, but it's hard to be an underdog if you're already successful. So that was that was the, the self-realization. And I found it in my job. So I found it as a chiropractor. I found it in my um, relationships as well. Because if you're a people pleaser and you don't like to have difficult conversations, sometimes you'll kind of do the, like Brandy always calls it, the 365 degree around the, the subject and try to backdoor the subject instead of having a difficult conversation or make someone a feel comment i feel like <laughs> yeah it, well it's a lot because it's the amiable personality that we have a harder time to be direct mm -hmm. and so we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but sometimes by not trying not to hurt people's feelings at the beginning we actually can create more more trauma at the end no i love that i love that that makes so much sense and i i think that's um 
makes an interesting point. I've never thought about it like that before. So I'm very, very intrigued to read the book. So the book kind of goes through your story and your journey, kind of uncovering that and then kind of, do you go through some of the steps that you took to actually, let's say, recover from the underdog curse? 100%. Yeah. And I got nine steps in the back. I got nine steps in the back. And you know, the, um, it's actually good that you didn't get the book because what I did was I edited it. So I just edited it and I didn't really make a big launch, but only about uh, two months ago with the new edition. So it's, it's not called the second edition, but it is the second edition of the underdog curse. And um, I just had some different things where we changed some of the, per- there's personality tests. That, Cause the cool, the thing is to understand yourself first. And when you understand your, yourself first and understand that everybody else is different, the key of this is to try to live a life of purpose or a life that you would truly love and, and not always be just worried about what everybody else thinks. So we live, a lot of times we live our life out of obligation. You know, we're worried about what everybody else thinks. So we don't really step into what our purpose or our brilliance would be. And then we become resentful and then we, you know, then we, then we get all kind of pissy because we're, we're just, because we've been, we've been, we're, we're expecting something from, from pleasing everybody. Mm-hmm. But when, but it's really hard to get it back when you're not clear on what you're expecting back and then you get out of exchange and then you feel resentful and then it affects your health. And so, and I link chiropractic in there too, because it's, that is actually where I see it as well in my practice is a lot of people who are stuck in that obligatory mindset, that people pleaser mindset, that worried about what everybody else thinks. Um, they don't heal as fast either um, because it fires their stress response and then their body breaks down more. And so, so it, it kind of, it, it blends really, and again, a lot of my practice members have purchased the book and, and it's been helpful for them too. So I was going to ask you that because I know it's kind of geared somewhat, maybe in, at least in your mind, because it was your chiropractic journey and story there somewhat, but I was going to ask your practice members read it because, you know, it's great information for everybody, not just chiropractors to get out there. So I'm curious to hear, and you may or may not have an answer to this. We didn't prepare. Right? Well, I, I don't want to say we didn't prepare, but I don't like send them questions. I've been on podcasts where they send me the questions and I'm like, oh, thank gosh, these are hard questions. So I would feel bad sometimes. I throw people on the spot. Um, but it's cool. Sometimes you get random stuff, which is cool. Yeah. So you, you now you're creating this platform, right? So you've wrote yep. the book. Um, you're creating this platform. So do you have kind of a what's next with this or, um, you know, kind of the envision of what you would really like this book and this platform to open, you know, open up next for you? Um, I think the main thing is, is to spark our practice because, again, the, the other thing, and this is just like in practice in life, is that we start to go wide, like we, we expand our vision. So I was like, mm-hmm. OK. I'm going to write this book for the world and this is going to be a, you know, a personal development book for the world. And I went out to the world, but the world is like so big and so crazy. It was like, I called it like I was spraying the universe. (laughs) And it, and it just, there's so much energy that you need that it actually helped me kind of realize that come back to your niche, right? Come back to your niche, come back to your purpose. Um, you know, one of the last podcast episode I did was with uh, Jay Papasan from the one thing. And, and that just, even if you go through the book, the one thing, cementing it back to the one thing mm-hmm. is where it's all going to happen. So for me, it's all, it's about chiropractic. Like realistically, I go to all these seminars that aren't chiropractic seminars. And then all I do is talk to everybody about chiropractic. Like, it's just like, right. 
it's just who I am. Like you, you kind of think sometimes grass is greener on the other side and then you kind of step out of the profession, like whether you're selling books or whatever. And we have a pretty good gig. Like I was at a book selling seminar where people are trying to make their commitment contact, like uh, connection commitment, where they're trying to commit with like, connect with like five to 10 people a day so they can sell a book for $4, like $4 profit. Wow. And like, wow, that's such a hard, that's hard. That's hard. What we that's have like hustling, hustling. That's like true is, hustling. <laughs> that's like, yeah. And that, you know, you hear the old stories of like Jack Hanfield or um, Wayne Dyer, where you know they're traveling all over the world in their all over the place with their car, with the books in the back of their car. Like, that's a tough gig. And so it, it kind of sometimes you need to step into another realm first to come back and appreciate how much your realm is amazing. Like, just yeah. like what we do as chiropractors is like it's just amazing. And I don't need to be hustling every single day because like you get one person in, they're not buying one book. We're changing their life and we're creating a relationship with them and we're, yeah. and we're helping them optimize their function hopefully for the rest of their life. So it's, it's way more impactful than a book. No, right. I love it. That's a great answer. And it made me think of tying that into, you know, chiropractors that you think about when you're going out there, just we'll take this back to social media and technology for a minute. You know, you're going out there to market your practice. I see somebody that just kind of, like you said, like spray their whole entire town and yep. your town's a lot, like there's a lot of people now. And that's the thing, like 20 years ago when you started, I'm sure there was a lot less competition. Um, in, in our town specifically, there was two chiropractors and that was for about seven years. And there was just one chiropractor. And I think there's still only one chiropractor in my small town. So even it, the areas even now aren't fully popular, but there's more competition. There's a ton more people. And so like Dr. Liam Schubel talks about, I heard him do this talk once where he talks about eccentric circles. And yeah. so that's what it made me think of is, you know, you kind of went out here, but I think that's what a lot of us do. We're like, let's, yeah. you know, spread Take it. Take on the world. <laughs> yeah. But then if you come back out here and you start here and then you kind of slowly branch out from there, from your, you know, one mile radius, two mile radius, five mile radius of your office, 10 mile radius of your office or whatever the niche of your, you know, audience is, um, it's just a very smart way to do it. But I like what you did. I'm part of that. I always like go big and then hone it in with everything. Yeah. So I'm like, let's throw it out there and then let's figure out what we're doing and hone it in. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's just more focused. And, 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 and you want to say how the, the podcast tied to, to my book is yeah. that I am, I am targeting the podcast to chiropractors that might be less of dry, less drivers because we do find in chiropractic, a lot of the speakers uh, and the leaders are drivers are high drivers. But a lot of the chiropractors that are in the audience are a little bit more amiable personality. And in my book, the personality style is a lab. We call it a lab compared to alpha, like an alpha, alpha wolf um, or analytical, too, if they're more analytical. And so um, I'm trying to get guests from both spectrums, like personality styles, just so that they can get like inspiration or 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 see, too, that like every single person that I've interviewed that has a massively successful practice or create a big impact in chiropractic has had massive challenges. And so I think just people got to know that like you're going through challenges. Like you see the end result of like 20 years of trauma uh, right. with somebody, but you don't see all the trauma that they went through. And I think sometimes when someone's in the trauma, it's nice to see like, Oh, maybe there is a, maybe there is a, 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 a you know, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Not that you're ever done, but we're just always like, you know, as you evolve, you learn how to deal with different problems because as you get better, you get just get better problems. 
Right. No, exactly. <laughs> and that's the one thing I was thinking about um, last week. I started thinking about this. I was like, you know, it's not like negative things don't happen in my day. It's just that so many negative things and so many positive things happen that they just kind of like balance each other out. And then the world still turns. Right. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Being a client, my son just broke like a $200 something. The world's still going to keep going. <laughs> so I think that is so true. Um, and I think you really have to, like you said, you just have to see that other people are going through it. And that's something that I talk about in marketing. All this stuff crosses over to each other so much, but people just want to see that somebody else is doing it. Somebody else has gone through it. And, you know, a social proof and an example of that. But I think you're doing a fabulous job. I can't wait to get the book. I really did think that I had it on like a wait list, maybe that you hadn't actually published it yet. Have you ever seen that where you can pre-order yeah, the books? Yeah. I thought that's yeah. what I did. <laughs> so, so It might have been the time where we were transitioning it over. Who knows? It might have been that too. But it, it the, might have been, it, but... But now, and I got better distribution too. So now it's all through like Barnes and Noble and uh, Amazon and you can pretty much get it anywhere. I am very excited. So I think um, after I read that book before, here before the end of the year, we'll have to uh, bring you back on and do, you know, some questions from that. And so that's an encouragement to everybody here to go grab that and read that with me. I'm reading right now. I'm just finishing. I love Audible as well. I'm just finishing Hatching Twitter. And you want to talk about business owners that have had challenges and crazy challenges and they got in together in business as friends and that's been a wild story so this will be really fun to read after that because i'm kind of like in that mood you get in like you know genres and moods of things yeah and i think a lot of it is mindset too because like i was saying in the podcast like you either feel like you're an underdog or you are like you either mm -hmm. you do need skills that you don't have you are an underdog or you just don't believe in yourself. And that's the one that's actually the worst because when you don't believe in yourself, you don't do anything, right? right? And I think we talked about that on the podcast when I interviewed you, even talking about putting a video on to promote your practice or to write a, to, or to write a post on your practice. But then you're like, what is everybody gonna think? I'm gonna, they're gonna make fun of me. I, I'm not very good at that. And then you, mm -hmm. you, you just don't do it because you kind of get frozen because you're just sabotaging yourself. Yep, exactly. And that's one thing I've been shifting to and trying to get doctors to think rather than, um, you know, we need to post something to our page, you know, consider, I get to say something to my patients today. What do I want to say to all of them? And then knowing that they do want to hear from you. Like they look at you as an expert, as far as at least their spine and their wellness in that point is concerned. And the more that you can educate them and share with them and just be a part, be a part of that conversation and be a leader of that conversation. That's another big thing I was sharing um, last week. I'm going to encourage you to do this. You can uh, build, we want to build upon this, but right yeah. now on Instagram, there's a half, a, about a half a million posts with the hashtag chiropractic. And ultimately, you know, we're in control of our destinies and we're in control of the content that's out there. So, you know, we can make excuses and we can complain or we can whatever, but if we all be in together and do our part, I really think a year from today, we could see, you know, 5 million posts with the hashtag chiropractic. And then think about what that does for the confidence and the credibility, because it's all just social proof. Because again, like you said, people just want to know other people are doing it. Other people have been there. I'm not alone in this. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love it. Well, before we close out the show today, I also wanted to do, I wanted you to give a quick shout out. I saw um, the sponsored post actually this morning and you and Brandy are closing out your Vitality Shift program, I believe very, very soon, correct? Yes, uh, it's tonight actually. So midnight tonight, 
uh, today is uh, February 16th. So if you're listening to this later, it'll be closed. But we, 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 we try to open it twice a year. So so what and, is it? I've seen this, but I hate to say this because I know Brandy kind of does, I think, like a CA program. I'm not a CA, so I haven't looked in depth. So what is it? Uh, so the Vitality Shift is a program that we've made um, that really helps. And again, this is a, a whole it's not CA uh, center. It's like office centered. So people who go through this program, the whole team goes through it together. If they have associates, they get it together. It's just everybody get on the same page. And really, it's about it's about getting our people more away from treating symptoms and pain and conditions and more towards optimizing function. Mm-hmm. And so we have we have. Um, it's like communication is huge. So we have a whole communication module, just like how to figure out people's personality, how to connect with them. Um, I call, I've, I've created things called the chiropractic love languages because chiropractic is so encompassing where it can help your posture, function, stress response, all that kind of stuff that people are open to, to hearing it from a different angles. And we, we want to get away from treating everybody the exact same. So a lot of times we're doing, if we're doing our first visit report of findings, we're doing that the exact same we've always done with a script. And what we want to do is just kind of make it more ninja style so we can kind of get right into that person's world. And then we're also providing, um, uh, I think we have about 12 vital signs, which are neurological testings that we can do where we can actually objectively measure subluxation and our function on the nervous system so that we can redo those reevaluations um, like every 12 visits or so, which just helps us to guide them into optimizing function. And um, yeah, we just had people in this program from all over the world. And, you know, some of the f- biggest feedback we've got, we had one, uh, one um, chiropractor who she tripled her practice in seven months, um, wow. just because it increases your confidence because you're actually measuring something and we're totally switching the conversation away from pain. Yes, we do want them to feel better, but right. we can't, but as chiropractors, we don't treat pain because pain is a symptom. It's not the cause. Um, we can only work at improving function of the spine and nervous system. And if we have all of our initial testing set up to measure function and how it improves, then we can actually measure what we're doing even after symptom and pain is gone. And I think the biggest, the biggest challenge that chiropractors had, and this is what I had is when you come out of school, uh, most of the testing that we learned for our, our first visit is all orthopedic testing, which is all based on, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Right. And then what happens is as they improve and it doesn't hurt anymore, then all you then you say, well, you should stay under care uh, because it's good for wellness. And then people just don't get it and they just leave. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard, hard for them to understand why would you stay under care um, when they're not experiencing symptoms. So this program kind of gets into that whole process. And, and if people are interested, it's called the vitality the the uh, the sales page is up today. And we have a video explains this about eight minute video explaining about the program. And then it has just a whole page about everything that's included. And, and probably the coolest thing for the whole program is we have a, a free uh, closed Facebook group where we just ongoing coaching them for no charge after. And so as long as they have the program, they, they, they purchase the program, they get it forever. Um, we'll always be in that uh, group giving basically free mentoring forever. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty amazing um, product. No, nice work. I love that. The vitalityshift.com and we'll put that link. I'll, I'll probably cut this out of the podcast. Um, well, no, I'll share it because you said you open it twice a year. Yeah. And, and what okay. they do is if, if it's not open at the time, we have a place where you can just register for the waiting list. Perfect. Perfect. That's what I've been doing with the vault. Just about that exact thing. I do twice a year and now I do a wait list because I found that if I can take the group together, 
Um, it just creates this mastermind of like-mindedness and they're going with it with someone. I found when I just gave them the information and said, here's the structure, here's how I recommend going through it. A lot of times they would watch one or two videos, love it, but time and life happened. And they're like, I just haven't logged back in. I just haven't logged back in yet. So when we do it live, we're, you know, bringing it all together. And I think it definitely brings some togetherness being in those private Facebook groups. You can create relationships. I think something that's so important that you touched on earlier is, you know, having some colleagues and some friends that are chiropractors that are in the same the same sorts of boat, you know, boats that you are and just being able to share that. And you really can't like I met Brandy and Don, you know, online. I've met them once in person, but you know, we really have created um, a relationship and you can do that with other chiropractors. And you can also do that in your community with these social media tools. I love you guys doing the Facebook group. Um, that's what I've been recommending to a lot of, I have a lot of different clients that do different things. And I'm like, you really need to support your group with the private Facebook group. It's a key thing for them to really um, get the most value out of it, I think, in the long term. And one, one of the biggest drives is connection. And a lot of chiropractors right. are soul chiropractors out there. And, and again, they're like, I would love to have a mastermind group, but I have one chiropractor in my town or I don't, or, or because our, our style of chiropractic is so, is so different. Like mm -hmm. I think only about 30% of chiropractors are, are kind of want to be that vitalistic mindset. And mm -hmm. if we're really going after increasing vitality, there's a great book called um, Blue Ocean Strategy. Okay. And I can't re remember what the author's name is, but I I got this from uh, Brendan Burchard. And um, Blue Ocean Strategy talks about creating a blue ocean, which means it's a brand new thing. So if we're talking about come in my office, we're going to we're going to expand your your vitality, your ability to adapt to life. That is different than um, we're treating your pain because right. the treating pain model is a red ocean. And in a red ocean, it's bloody competition. And the only way to compete is by doing cheaper prices or different gimmicks or different whatever, or, or, or doing it quicker or like everything, it becomes commoditized. Mm -hmm. And so if we can really set our whole office up in a total vital model, even in our place, we have 15 chiropractors like within about, uh, I don't know, it's like a, uh, a mile around our office, but really it's like a blue ocean because there's nobody does what we do. And even when they've gone to other, this is the cool thing. When you go through the vitality shift and you implement this stuff in your office after the first and second visit, people are like, Holy cow, that was so thorough. I have no, why doesn't other people do that? Like it's, you just, you blow them away in a model that they never even expect. And then it's not even competition because you've created a whole new, a whole new thing. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Get in that. I'm going to share that um, all over and I'm going to share that in my groups. I think um, what I don't actually, what I don't teach at all, I don't get into philosophy or technique. I'm not a chiropractor. So I just stay out of those conversations. I teach, you know, social media and marketing. But I think yeah. if somebody had like my group and your group, because that would have like, the philosophy, the conversations, the in-office clinical communication points for the staff and the doctors. And then yeah. you have my group with the technical and then how to take those uh, messages and market them out there. I mean, that's like win-win. The only way you can't win with that is if you're under the underdog curse, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and you feel bad about <laughs> yourself and you won't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
Dr. John, it is always a pleasure to speak with you. I feel like I just got to know you so much more in this episode. Very excited to jump into some of the things that we talked about. I do hope to have you on again, but any closing words or anything that you would like to leave our audience with? Um, I just think everyone just needs to start with something, right? Because if I was to look back, um, I think I was asked this on another podcast before, and if I was to look back, like when I first started um, chiropractic, I'd be super proud of what I've done to this point. But the thing is, is that you have to start with one thing. You have to create success momentum. And and if you've all if you if if you've always tried to do stuff but you've never followed through, you've trained yourself, and that's your story. And then you live by it. You're like, I never follow through, or I always want to do that, or I should do this, but I never do it. Pick one thing. Even though I did it totally backwards, and I I did the book before I did the platform, I I would never change the way it was because completing that book was such a momentum because it created success momentum for me that then the next thing I wanted is I wanted a podcast and I did the podcast. I only wanted that for probably about six months before I did it. Then I wanted to create an online program because we've done seminars with the Vitality Shift and we saw such shifting with people. But a lot of times people can't come to the seminar. So I wanted an online program and we did that in like three months. So like as you start to do different things, it starts to grow. And now we have the great thing is now we have a new associate in our office. Great guy. Um, and he just go, he's been through the vitality shift and and he's just and we're just everything we're doing is the same vitality shift. We're talking about the same uh, mm-hmm. speaking. We're talking about the same. My podcast, we're talking about the same. I'm at work. I'm training my uh, associate. We're doing the same. Like it's just it's just everything is lining up. And then that's how you create total momentum. I love it. That is so smart. I've learned a lot from my own business. I hope you all have, too. Thank you so much, Don. Have a great weekend and we will talk to you again soon get in the vitality shift. That is it, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Cairo Social Tech Raw Show. We hope you heard something that you can use and implement in your practice today. We would love to hear from you as well. Please do leave us a review wherever you are listening to this. You can catch any of the episodes live on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Purdue Nicole. We try to include as much of the details of the show in the show notes as we can, including the links to our supporters, Vitalogics Cloud EHR and Bolt Tape. Until next week, have a fabulous rest of your day.